You might be seated. We believe that God answers prayer. Amen? So this week, just this week, personally, dealt with an individual who is uh, facing fraud charges in an organization that's so unfortunate. This week, a person has been told they have cancer in their blood and must have a miracle. This week, a marriage that is breaking up uh, because of more challenges you can imagine. There's several of those. Uh, this week, a person facing bankruptcy. Uh, this week, person has terminal cancer. This week, child's ran away from home, abandoned parents. This week, and I could go on and on and on. And our only hope is in Jesus. The church, to say the least, in America is nemic. And I don't say that in a derogatory way. It's because it's because sometimes it's easy to drift away from uh, a main focus. Our focus has to be our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. Our focus has to be the basics. That is, that we pray, God hears and answers prayer. And an individual who is one of my neighbors, a Catholic friend, I just mentioned him Sunday, he passed away night before last. And boy, when I went to pray for him, I led him in a sinner's prayer and asked God, please touch him and redeem him. And he prayed that prayer. As I was standing here, each of you received a card when you came in the door. And here's what the Lord impressed upon me. Take your card, and if nothing else, put the name of a person or a family member that's lost, that you'd like to see redeemed. And why is that? Because I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. At least put that down. And in, in a few minutes when I deliver this, this message, you're going to come and maybe pick up a card. We don't have enough yet for everybody to get three or four, but bring the one that you have. Put it on the altar and pick one up and take back to your seat uh, with you. I am believing that God will do something supernatural if we believe God answers prayer, and we know that he does, we have to pray. And our only antidote is to be purpose-driven and focused in these next 14 days of fasting and prayer. There are some situations among many families in our church that are hopeless unless a divine intervention of the Holy Spirit and if we nail it down and believe God and trust God, there is enough people in this room right now to turn the powers of darkness inside out by the anointing and the grace of God. Amen? So I'm asking you, take that card, complete, put a name of some family member, and then this is where I want to go because that thought tried to get away from me. Don't easily put your lost family members into heaven. And what do I mean by that? Oh, they're a good person. Oh, well, you know, they, they don't do anything bad. Oh, but they love their family. Good people are going to go to hell. I heard someone say the other day, you can go to hell with baptism water in your face. And what do I mean by that? 
the Bible says that a person who is redeemed knows that they have been redeemed and the others that know them know they have been redeemed by what they see in a person's life. True conversion manifests change. And if a person says, I shook the hand of the preacher, or I even got baptized, and in their lifestyle there is no difference in the way that they're living, they, my friend, are in danger of hellfire. And you as a family member, unless you nail it down and say, you know what, based on what I see, based on what I observe, I'm not judging, I'm ju- you're counting fruit, they're not right with Jesus. And the sooner that you can come to that conclusion, it will drive you to your, your knees, and you might be the person standing in the gap that redeems them from the hellfire. I had one funeral, had many funerals, but one individual, his father died, and he got up and he talked about, boy, I'm going to carry on the legacy, I'm going to carry on the heritage, I'm going to carry on the good news, I'm going to be engaged in the church. And no sooner than that funeral was over, I asked that individual several months later, hey, I don't see you, I don't see a change, I don't see you in church, you're still drinking, you're still doing all that stuff. Here's what you said at your father's funeral. And he looked me square in the eye. He said, I said what I thought everybody wanted to hear. I said what I thought my mother wanted to hear, what you wanted to hear, and what my dad would have liked to have heard. Do you think a person like that is in danger of hellfire? I'm telling you, friend, the devil is a liar. In these times of fasting and prayer, it's where we have to determine, God, we're going to bore down and get it going. A week from tomorrow night, all of our major leaders, our board, and our department heads, and our division heads in the church are going to meet after Wednesday night on Thursday night for one hour of just, we are going, as your leadership, believe God and pray. And I've got things on my shoulders right now that, buddy, wait, will weight you down that I'm saying, God, if you don't show up, If you don't show up, if you don't, but listen, I was raised to believe God shows up. Amen. Amen? I was raised to believe that the altar was important. I was raised to believe that God can do anything. I was raised to believe that the church was important. I was raised to believe the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is of value and not something we ought to be ashamed of. I was raised to believe that you could anoint people that are sick with oil and God would heal them. I want you to know I still believe that today. I do. I still believe that today. So I'm going to take off a moment. You see, we know that God's Word is filled with, well, we hear 32, 33,000 promises. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1.20, says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. In other words, what he's saying there, do you believe in the promises that all those promises are in God, and as you pray and as you seek my face and as you fast, do you believe that for the glory of God? That God, yes, you can. You are able. And there are some times when we pray that maybe the promise does not come to pass or the prayer is not answered. I, I may have more prayers that are not answered than those that have been answered. But here's what I do know. One day, all of them, according to the will of God, will be answered in the will of God. Amen? 
I believe that. So the enemy is not going to take that from me. And God has a purpose in everything that happens in our lives. And so I want to say to some of you out there and some listening by ways of the media and internet and all that's going on, listen to me, my friend. God has a purpose in your life. And if you still are letting the enemy kick you around, boss you around, drag you around, manipulate you around, and you can't get over whatever it was that happened, tell the devil he's a liar. Tell him to get behind you and pick up your saddle and move on by the grace of God. The enemy will make you die right there unless you resurrect in your own spirit. I believe he's greater in me than that which has happened to me. Somebody say amen. It's a brief message, okay? Romans 4.20 talks about Abraham. The individual who was faithful, was he a perfect guy? We know that he wasn't. He was so silly and and just unbelievable in some areas of his life, but it said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. This is Abraham. We know what he did wrong, and, and he did much more than what we see that is recorded. But listen, my friend, he did, he did not go into the promised land, but he still believed God in the promise. That's the kind of faith that moves mountains. That's the kind of belief system that serves notice on the enemy to let him know we are not anemic, nor shall we be pushed around, but we are going to be strong according to the Word of God. So we run into a problem. It's a simple problem as noted in 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. And it has to do with Elijah, has to do with Ahab. You know the story pretty well. But one of the things in order to get God to move in a way that we believe that we want to see him move, and I'm praying, God, thy will be done. You know, I'm saying, God, I've got some things. I want you to save that person. I want you to move that mountain in that person's life. I want you to give financial liberty to that person. I want you to get that person, Father, so they're not depressed all the time. I want you to move that mountain. But sometimes you have to be in matters of what you want confrontational. I don't like confrontation. You will never be a leader if you run from confrontation all the time. Because there comes a time in the name of Jesus and in leadership positions, you have to stand your ground and say, I don't mean to hurt you, but this is the way. Walk ye in it. Y'all with me? Now, here it is, 1 Kings 18. When it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Ahab, here's who he was. He was the symbol of the enemy's power and influence. He represented everything evil. He was the devil's face for sure. 1 Kings 16, said that he made a grove, and Ahab did more. He did more to provoke God in Israel to, than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So God tags him and said, if you want to see the face of a wicked, a rebellious, irresponsible person that had opportunity in his hands when he was gifted the position, but he blew it because he did not pay attention to God. He listened to his wife and set up false altars, et cetera, et cetera. Not a person known before him was as wicked and far away from God as he was. And he is the face that the church, so to speak, that the prophet, that the followers of Jesus had to confront. 
The first enemy that we must confront is Satan and his influence. And I'm going to divide that in a moment. The scriptures declare that Satan's desire, we know, is to seek, kill, and destroy. It's like comes out, seek, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you one of the great enemies of the church today, apathy. He doesn't have to shoot you dead. He just makes you fall asleep. Everybody with me? Just fall asleep. At the meantime, while the church is sleeping, guess what? It's the same scenario as Jesus going into pray, biggest moment of his life here on earth. Help me pray, boys. He chooses his best. He goes back, and what are they doing? They are sleeping. We cannot afford to sleep in these next couple of weeks. The Scripture declares that Satan's to seek and to kill, but we often, often know that he tries to stand in the way of getting what we desire. The minute you take God's place, God will hold his hands up, say, you go, boy. So if you're praying for God to intervene, stay out of it. Anybody out there? Stay out of it. Let God be God and let God do it. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray up a storm. Here's how I know, because there are illustrations. Job 1.9, it says, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? God said, Hey, that's, that's, that's my main man, Job down there. Is getting a, and, and, and the enemy comes up in the presence of Almighty God and says, Hey, let me tell you about him. Here's another. Joshua stands there before the angel of the Lord, and right beside Joshua is Satan. And Satan says, I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm here to resist him. He's not afraid. I'm here to resist him. And what I'm suggesting to you, the devil does his job well, and he does it 24-7, but he is not God, amen? He is not all-powerful. He does not have dominion. Our heavenly Father, Jehovah God, has all power, has all dominion under heaven and earth, and the enemy is a defeated foe. Here's another. When Jesus, of course, was entering his ministry and led into the wilderness, who was there to tempt him? Anybody remember? Satan. So he said, I'm going to take the Son of God on. I believe, I believe that you are not strong enough to withstand it. Bring it on. You know how Jesus recorded? He said, in the Word it is written. In the Word it is written. In the Word it is written. Here's another, the promise of good seed. We often see people that say, boy, they come to the altar, give their heart to Jesus, and maybe get baptized. But after a while, after a while, the old habits want to parade in. They see individuals that they know, love, and trust it, begin to create failure, etc. And it says, and then the wicked one comes and catches away that which was sown in his heart, that he which received the seed by the wayside, and robbed that person of that opportunity. But you know where the difference maker is. They called a fast, and they prayed, and they believed God. And that's the value of who we are. Ephesians 6.12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm not a spooky preacher. You know that by now. I'm pretty real. But I want to tell you, 
When you study the Word and you pray, you also can have the spirit of discernment and say, I want you to know that's just not some maniac boss right there. That's just not some rebellious wife there or husband. That's just not some rebellious kid. That's just not some happen chance situation there. That is the undercovering of the enemy hid in that, and you're able to see it by the power of resentment or power of discernment, and you're able to call it out and say, that, my friend, is not the hand of a man, but that's the power and the influence of darkness. And you have the power to stand and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you by the authority of the Word of God. And you stand on it and you say it and say it and say it and say it and say it. You can, you must, and you will. You see, we must be careful that we do not fight against if, if you're lead, here's what you're going to hear in the message Sunday morning. If you're a person of influence and you got a leadership position, there are going to be people that do not like you, people that will criticize you, people that will talk negatively to you, people try to get under your skin. Anytime you take a position that raises you in a level of leadership, you just as well get ready. And if you can't stand that, get out of leadership. But here's what it is. We are not to fight. How many have ever thought about, you know what, I'd just like to take a tube before to the side of their head. Anybody ever thought that? Don't do it. Don't do it. Get you a ball bat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Easier to swing. We want to do that, but you don't fight against that person. That person is not your enemy. That's your neighbor. Uh-oh. You don't fight against the person. You don't fight against the situation. We don't fight against the cancer. We don't fight against the negative influence. We say, devil, I'm calling you out because I know it's you behind that. Anything that's nasty, anything that's disease, anything that is unfriendly, anything that's contagious, anything that's confusing, anything that is, is brings fear to me, that's you, devil. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Stand on your ground. Here's another area. Secondly, we have to be certain that our hearts are pure, as pure as you're ever going to get. In other words, God, I want you to take them out in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to cuss them out right now. But I want you to take them out. That's an impure motive. God's going to say, well, you just, well. Here's another reason. Number three, finally, we must be certain that we are truly committed to God. Hear this now and his church. You will not separate your relationship with God and your relationship with your local church. If you think you can, you are sadly mistaken because the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. He died for his church. Someone said to me today, well, I'm probably not going to be there tonight. I said, I probably knew that when I saw you this morning. But I said, I'm tired of standing in and doing your job, and I've got to do my job too. This is Wednesday night. I am ready for Sunday. Elijah, so what happened? It says that it came to pass in confrontation, Ahab, three years have passed, saw Elijah, and he comes and he said, it's you that's troubling Israel. You know what the devil always does? He always points his finger at you. You're not even worth a good prayer being answered. Look at all the times you've fallen. 
It, it's you that's the problem. It's you. It's this. It's that. It's the other. But you know what? Elijah had had enough of it, and he stood him nose to nose. He said, no, son, I've said it before. I love saying this. He gets nose to nose with Ahab, the enemy of all of Israel at that time, and said, no, son, it is you and your family. You are the problem here. And I tell you what, we're going to settle it. Amen? Step up to the mountain. Amen? Step up to the mountain. My friend, you need to know where the mountain is. Amen? Hallelujah. You and I are not just assigned to the valley. We're assigned to the mountain too. Amen. Come on up to the mountain. I want it to be seen from distances and miles and miles away. You must proclaim God's word. And so here's what happened. Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts liveth, he said, before whom I stand, I'll surely show myself unto him today. Okay. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. Let it be known. I'm, I'm going to do what you say. Let it be known, you're the God of Israel, and then I'm, I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. At thy word. At thy word. Elijah was not afraid to confront the source of the problem. That was Ahab. You said, well, don't confront a person. No, Ahab was the symbol of all darkness. He was the arch enemy of God in this case. And if you're going to receive anything from God, it has to be based on God's Word. Here's how it works. One, obedience of the Word. God speaking, obedience, be obedient to the Word. Here's what the Word was. Hey, I want you to go show yourself today to Ahab. That's pretty threatening. You're a prophet. you got a few followers as a prophet, junior prophets. But this guy's the king daddy. And not only is he the king daddy, he rules the military. He rules the powerful forces. At the snap of his finger, at the nod of his head, your head comes off. And he's already incensed because he's been courted by the enemy that, that, that in fact, Elijah was the problem. So he's mad. But you know what? You and I should not be afraid walking into enemy territory. Because the devil is never afraid to enter into your territory until you begin to plead the blood of Jesus Christ and call on the name of Jesus. And when you do that, my friend, the Bible will tuck his patoot and run. But we don't understand that. Here's something else. The declaration of the word. Elijah said, if God be God, follow him. If Baal be Baal, follow him. This is the time. Here it is. God, if you're going to heal in these cards, I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to believe. I'm not going to put a time limit on you. I'm just going to keep believing. Matthew 4, Jesus, Jesus quoted the word of God in the midst of the temptation. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. I have enough written right here. I don't need to write my own stuff. Amen? All I need to do is require and tell what God has already done. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing hearing by what? The Word of God. When my kids would misbehave, I had a plethora of weapons. 
Amen? One of my weapons is this. If I tell you what's going to happen, if you don't do that, or if I tell you what's going to happen, if you do it again, my weapon was I followed through. That's a good weapon. Here's another weapon. I had the Word of God. Our first daughter, Sherry, we didn't know how to parent. I mean, I observed my parents parenting. But you know what? They were not perfect parents. Nobody is. My wife's parents parented. Her mother was the only, of course, but because she's here tonight. So I'll, I'll leave that right there. It just dawned on me. I see you, Liz. So we parented from imperfect, but we had the Word of God. You see? So we didn't know what to do. How do where do we lean? We lean on the Word of God. The Word of God had a lot to say about that. Another weapon, hey, you, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Are you with me? Well, that's not politically correct. Let me just tell you something, friend. You don't have to beat them half to death. You just need to make them think you're going to beat them half to death. I'm just kidding. I'm just... <laughs> I acted up in church. My dad would sit right over there. I would always sit right back over there. I thought he does not have eyes in the back of his head. But we had all-seeing-eye deacons who did. Wayne shooting spitballs back there. We'd get in the car. He wouldn't say a word. It's one of those times I prayed. Let the rapture take place. Bring it on, Jesus. And when we got home, we didn't wait till after lunch. It's, it's right then and right there. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You understand that? We had the Word of God in everything that we did. So here's something else I want you to see. You have the possession of the Word. How do you do that? If that is the stalwart of what we believe, hide it in your heart, plant it in your mind, sow it in your spirit so that it becomes nature to you. So for our kids, a plethora of the weapons. One was take your Bible out. You've been fussy, fussy, fussy with your brother and sister. Give me 500 words, single-spaced, handwritten, I did that the first time, and they wrote every scripture in the Bible and didn't have anything to come out of their heart. I wised up. I said, you can't use more than 10 scriptures, a total of 15 verses, and the rest has got to come from your heart. You think they didn't learn having to do that? Why? Because this, this book... This book is power. This book is fire. This book, let me finish up. Must, we must then exercise our faith. So we must confront you have the cards. We must believe. We must trust God. And then we must exercise our faith. Stand on that word. Exercise. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me. That this people, that your people may know that thou art the Lord thy God and thou hast turned their hearts back again. Elijah confronted the enemy. He proclaimed God's word. This is the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And he said it to Obadiah and Ahab and the prophets. And then he exercised his faith. God's word in action to the heart of the believer. 
Here's what I want you to do. Do the uncommon. Build an altar. Honor God with the 12 stones. Lift the sacrifice bullock and place him there. Lift up your praise when you do. And pour 12 barrels of water and then pray. Pray. Just pray. So fasting and prayer and services like tonight prepares the altar for God to strike fire in these cards. If you are God, let us know it. And before this next two weeks, now less is over. Many of you will know because God will answer many of these prayers that we are praying for. Amen? So we understand the fire fell, consumed the altar, and the Lord is God. And here it is. And all the people saw it. They fell on their faces. Here's what I'm asking. God, let the people that are questionable, let the people who don't know you, let the people that are weak in their faith, let them see something out of us take place that brings them to a new refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You got a card? Bring it down. Put it on the altar. Pick one up. I don't know that we have one for everyone, but at least bring yours down, and then we, we will together. And we're just going to have some music. And for the next probably, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, you can pray anywhere. You can sit. You can walk. You can just uh, kneel. You can sit quietly and just talk to God. So I'm going to ask you to ask you to do that right now. Can we do that together? Let's just get the cards and let's pray. Amen.
Come on, just stand to your feet. Give me 
together for the Lord tonight. God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than 